The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 306. Sunday, November 1st, 2020. Welcome to the Paunch Stevenson Show. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show. Paunch Episode 306. I am Rob. You are Greg. <laughs> we are we are still, I don't know what the word for it. We're still yeah, hibernating yeah. or being hermits or quarantining or what, what, what's the word? <laughs> what do we call this? Hermiting? We're hermiting. The hermiting continues. 2020. Herman the hermits. October, well, no, now it's November, November 20. Yeah. I can't even keep track of what month it is. It's November 2020. 2020. So and, this is uh, yeah. basically our 15th anniversary. Oh, yeah. That's right. See, I lost track of the, <laughs> the, the life sentence. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what are we like? We're like, uh, I don't know. Mystery Science Theater 3000, where we're just uh, forced to comment on pop culture. I feel like we're more. I, I almost feel like we're like the the X Files and you know some of these other shows that returned after like fifteen twenty years, and you know they kind of stunk <laughs> like badly. No, we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, all right, so 2020, we're still staying at home and working at home and eating, just everything at home. I don't care what other people are doing, going out and clowning around and eating outside and and uh, well, I've going to movies and uh, no, I am home. I am taking this seriously. But you don't go anywhere. No. Ah, look at me. I just what the. <laughs> I look like a hobo. Yeah, but that's how you always look. <laughs> yeah, but now more than especially. Eh. And you know what the hobo would say. Oh, God. <laughs> Jimmy... Oh, too loud. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care! It's a pandemic! <laughs> Actually, you know, see that reminds me. That reminds me. Yeah. I, I was thinking about someone else recently for some reason. I don't know why. Hey, the big man! Twenty twenty. It's a quarantine. I see people going to the Starbucks, not wearing the mask. You gotta wear the mask. What's wrong with these people? The voice, the voice of the people. Can you imagine that guy trying to get in onto an airplane in this environment? There's no they way. They weren't wearing the mask. I wanted to hit him with the bat. <laughs> I go into the I go into the, the shop, right? There's people going the wrong way down the aisle. There's arrows <laughs> on the floor. No one's paying attention. They're breathing on me. Hey, hey buddy, put a mask on or I'll crack your head open. Hey, the big man. <laughs> 
I see gloves uh, all over the floor. People are throwing the gloves. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> he, uh, oh, he'd be dead back in March <laughs> if he wasn't dead already. The big man, a kid from Brooklyn, Mike. Caracchio. No shot that that guy was making it through uh, the first wave. I don't know. But no I don't shot. Know. I don't know. No, Mike no shot at all. Mike Caracciolo, rest in peace. <laughs> well, you know he'd be a big trumper. No, you think so? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right, forget it then. Cut that out. <laughs> Cut know, that part wait, out. You don't remember? Like, if somebody didn't speak English, you wanted to hit them with the bat? Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, true. True. Yeah, so rest right, in so, peace. So delete that part, then. Forget it. I don't no. I don't give him any advertising. I mean... Even though he's dead. What, what advertising? He's dead. <laughs> I know. The kid from... And you always... I'm always happy uh, to see you. Happy to see you. <laughs> anyway, all right. So we got we got our list here. Uh, so I, I rearranged this list so uh, to yeah, thank you because uh, there's a lot of stuff on here. But yeah, I mean, look, 2020 obviously has been very bad, uh, very very bad. It's taken a lot of people uh, with it. Obviously, with it was the it was very what bad, very bad, very very bad, very bad. Rain and... man, gotta watch Wagner. Very bad. <laughs> What? That sounded like Rain Man. Oh, very bad, very bad. Very bad, very bad, very bad, very bad, very bad. So, it's taken a lot of people. How many? How many toothpicks were there? Right, right. How many toothpicks? Anyway, I never liked that movie, but anyway, nah, I didn't like it. All right, Rain Man. So anyway, classic movie, Rain Man. Go ahead. It's taken a lot of people. And uh, including some celebrities, and you know we've uh, we haven't we haven't discussed some of them, but I mean, it really has taken like think about it. Uh, 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 now the the next three, well, like the next few people we'll talk about here in the uh, celebrity death pool, um, are enormous to this program. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, like they were these are like critical, like key. Like points of discussion for us and imitation, you know, it's it, since the beginning, 15 years ago. Well, I will say, so on a, we'll start on a positive note. <laughs> we still have Paul McCartney. Well, no, shrimp, I don't know. That's debatable, right? The shri- we well, know. well, William Campbell, but <laughs> the shri- love it. We have, we still have, do- we still have Doctor Phil. Uh, you do not go out in the pandemic. Day O. Uh, who else do we have? We still have Christopher Walken. That's right. I'm still alive, uh, kicking. But who did we lose? Should we start? Let's, yeah, let's start. Let's start. So massive. Born August twenty fifth, nineteen thirty. Died. October 31st, 2020, 90 years old. That's right, damn it. That's right. One, it's me, Sean Connery. I'm back from the dead, damn it. And I still dollars. haven't been paid my $1 million. <laughs> still. I was talking over you, I'm sorry. The one million, yeah, yep. one million. The million dollar man, Sean Connery. The great... Sean Connery, who we've 
discussed many, many times on this program, uh, dead. Right. So, uh, um, dementia, um, like, right? That, that was the cause of death, uh, according to... Yeah, the, yeah, dementia. pretty much. So, you know, yeah, I was sure looking enough. on uh, Twitter, and Michael McKeon uh, tweeted a story about... I don't know when, what year this was, probably many years ago. And I guess Michael McKeon was doing a Broadway play... And Sean Connery came to see it, not because of Michael McKeon, you know, just came to see it. <laughs> no, he and wasn't I guess a big McKeon fan. I, I don't think so. Laverne and Shirley, no. So I guess he, um, yeah, he went backstage, and McKeon was like, you know, Mr. Connery, it's an honor to meet you. I, I have to tell you, I loved your work in uh, Zardoz. I forget the. No, <laughs> no <laughs> it was. No, it was um, League of Extraordinary. It was that one with Jenna. Michael Caine. Oh, Jaws four or three D. No, he wasn't in that. Well, Michael Caine was in that one. The bees, the, the one with the bees and the astronaut. <laughs> Not the swarm. The swarm. <laughs> no, well, no. I, you know, Connery was in the Medi- was in Meteor, which is very similar. Oh yeah, very similar uh, uh, kind of a movie to. Uh, uh, to that you know both end of end of the world anyway so McKeon says uh, he was doing the play called the homecoming in New York and he said I told him how much I loved his work in uh, Sidney Lumet's uh, the hill <laughs> and then Connery responded it never made a dime so <laughs> that's all he cared about was how much uh, money was made. You know, Scottish cheater. <laughs> no, come on, we're not saying Scottish people. Um, punch the well, keys, that's... damn it! You're the man but now, seriously. dog. <laughs> right. Seriously, though, that was like Sean Connery's like for decades. You know, like he would begrudgingly like he didn't do the Matrix. And normally would say, like, why would this guy care? He didn't do the Matrix. And it made all this money. Right. And so he was pissed. <laughs> and money. then he, he did League of Extraordinary Gentlemen uh, instead, which was a terrible. Bomb. Yeah. Sean Connery. By the way, uh, the picture you posted on Facebook was not Sean Connery. It was. No. How do you know? Not. It was a fake. It Sean exactly an imposter. Like I guarantee you, where did you find that picture? <laughs> Google Images. And I guarantee you, you found it on that same website that years ago that had all the British celebrity impersonators on it that we used to talk about. Because that was exact. That looked exactly like the British impersonator. Oh, really? Yeah, that was not Well, no, you're the only one who notices. <laughs> Nobody else notices. It was, it was either the imposter or it was the brother. Oh, J- Neil Connery. No. Yeah. That his was his name? Yeah, Neil Connery. Uh, I don't know. His but yeah, I think that was, it was definitely, uh, I, it wasn't him, I think it was the brother. All right. Sean, so Sean Connery. I know, the Celebrity Jeopardy and James Bond, of course, and yeah, the Highlander. Mr. Mr. Universe or whatever he was. Uh, I don't think he was that, but. Uh, he was. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it was, was Mr. Uh, Universe. Wait, hold on, Mr. He was in the Highlander. He was in the Outland. Um, 
Obviously, James Bond. He was in the uh, 1953 Mr. Universe competition. Yeah, fine. Um, the great Sean Connery. He will be missed. Yeah. Sean Connery. Uh, even though he hasn't Jones, done anything in right? 20 years. Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah, she was uh, Henry Jones Sr. And he is Junior. <laughs> yeah. We named the dog Indiana. Those were his yes, most... Could... Oh, Hunt for Red October. Yes! Untouchables. Uh... Be careful what you shoot at. Most things in here don't react well to bullets. That was Sean Connery's <laughs> Russian accent, by the way. That was... It sounded like Sean Connery. Um, all right, so Sean Connery, dead. Big. Oh, by the way, he was my... He was my lifeline on uh, on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, remember? The Grapes of Wrath. Oh, was that? I don't... <laughs> John Steinbeck. It's on YouTube. Who were, oh, you were, did you play... Uh, uh, was that... You were doing yourself as the contestant? I don't even remember. I was Paunch Stevenson, yeah. Ah. And, yeah, Regis, and uh, I got cheated Well, that's a of, segue, then. That's got, a segue. I got cheated out of my million too. dollars. My million oh. dollars. So did Norm. So, yeah, Regis... Okay, so, born... Uh, same day, one year later, uh, August twenty fifth, nineteen thirty one, died July, died July twenty fourth, twenty twenty. Eighty eight, eighty eight years old. Regis, wow. Regis Philbert, host of Regis. Who wants to be a millionaire? Millionaire, not millionaire. Million, millionaire, million. Four million dollars, Julius. Four <laughs> me million. So yeah, Regis Philbin. Um, what, what he was on uh, the Regis and Kathy Lee. Or... Yes, yes. Live with Regis and yeah. Kathy Lee. Eventually, live with Regis and Kelly. Kelly Ripa. Yeah, who, who we yes. saw in real life. We did. Yes. Um, and I have seen Regis multiple times in real that's life. Right. Yeah. So yeah, Regis Philbin. Uh, he's he wait, wait, he wasn't an actor. He was a a, 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 talk, a talk show host. Well, yeah. I mean, originally he was like a lounge act. You know, he would uh, he would tour with like Don Rickles and people like that, and you know, comedy acts. And he was like the warm up. He'd go out there and sing and and things like that. And uh, you know, and uh, you know. Eventually, uh, you know that that's kind of where he got his start. But then he also, like this is in the fifties, he also worked on television. He hosted right. uh, uh, different TV programs. I think a late night show, and then um, Joey Bishop. Some, yeah, yeah. Joey Bishop was like his his mentor. Like kicked him off the air or something like that, or or, <laughs> or, or re, they got into a fight and Regis stormed off the show or something. Uh, perhaps. I think that but anyway, yeah, and so and eventually, I don't know. If, I guess by the, maybe the late seventies, he worked a morning show in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was sort of like the original uh, Ron Jeremy. No, not Ron Jeremy. Wait, wait, uh, <laughs> wait what? <laughs> I hope not. What's the stupid uh, uh, David Letterman? Will Ferrell. The Will oh, Ferrell character. Ron Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. Whatever. <laughs> So yeah, and then eventually it was uh, Regis and, and and Kathy Lee, and um, Regis was 
was like the he had the record for David Letterman appearances. He was on that show like a hundred times. Wow. Not uh But not, I mean some of it not not Richard but, Simmons. No, no. <laughs> but some of it was like, you know, Regis would just in the middle of the show, he would just start running up and down the aisles, wave and run away. Right, yeah, he would just show up. He wasn't up. actually a guest. He would just show up <laughs> right. screaming. Right. Well, this says, run away. this says Regis Philbin holds the Guinness World Record for uh, most hours on yes. television. Regis! Whatever, whatever that means. It means I've been on television more than most people have been breathing. I, that's, that is true. I mean, did he even really ever retire, or, um, or, or did no, he? No, I mean, he, he, uh, you know, Kathy Lee wound up on the Today Show, and that, or that, like, hour she has with Hoda, and then Regis would show up and, like, co-host and do stuff like that there, but, uh, yeah. You know, it's funny, Daryl Hammond of course, impersonated both of these guys. He impersonated yeah. Sean Connery on Saturday Night Live, and he impersonated Regis, although it was a while ago, but he I don't he remember, did Regis. I don't remember him. I remember Dana Carvey doing Regis. Yes, Dana Carvey also did it. But, I mean, Dana Carvey, as usual, was his was a more elaborate imitation, <laughs> whereas Daryl Hammond, I don't know, maybe this was just the way the writers did it, Daryl Hammond was basically like what I just did. Basically, just screamed, "Regis, Regis!" You know, just screaming. Right. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of artistry to it. It's mostly just <laughs> shouting. This says that uh, so so the Joey Bishop show, eh. which was what the in uh, 1967 ah. to 1969. It says famously, sidekick slash announcer Regis Philbin walked off the program as Regis. A as a result of the continuous drubbing he had I don't know, never heard that word before. He had been receiving Drub from, me! He had, he had been receiving from critics stating the network never wanted him and he feared he was injuring the series, but he soon returned. So anyway, whatever. Um, oh, and then it says in 2011, Regis revealed Joey Bishop had conceived the walk-off as a publicity stunt. Oh, my God. Don't, how how original was that? <laughs> the old, I'm, I'm angry, I'm going to walk off the show angle. <laughs> well, that's what, uh, that, again, Richard Simmons on David Letterman. He was, oh, I'm yeah, leaving, yeah, Dave. <laughs> Richard, what's all, this, what's all this, this gook on your arms? What is this? <laughs> Kept, he kept, like, touching him and be like, Why are you touching me? Well, there's all this this oil on you. <laughs> so, so Regis <laughs> Philbin. So Sean Connery, Regis Philbin. Next one, yes. we have born August 21st, 1938. See, these are all uh, very... Pe people who have lived a full life. Yeah. 1938. Died March 20th, 2020. 81 yes. years old. A lot of men look like him. Yes. He is the gambler. Kenny You gotta know when to hold him. Know no when, when to fold, fold him. him. <laughs> That's all I know. Well, so now from you know, so from now on, um, any man that you see that looks like Kenny Rogers is not Kenny Rogers. So Well in right, yeah. Because Kenny it's, Rogers it's, is dead. 
So Kenny Rogers. So so we probably have some listener. Well, if we have any listeners at this point, so. some of them might not know who's Kenny Rogers. Who is it? Well, yeah. he was a country music singer in what the sixties, seventies. Well, initially, yeah, initially, like in the sixties, he was in that that psychedelic rock band. What the heck was the name uh, of it? I forget. But they. They infamously had that that song that's in the Big Lebowski. Oh, you know the um just uh wh- how does it go? Uh, oh, um, uh, it's like I, I'm just tuned in to see what condition my condition was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do, know that do, 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 performer. Do, do, do. Oh, first edition. Yeah, was the name of the band. Just I, dropped I, in. I just dropped in to see what condition. You know, when when yeah. Lebowski is tripping. Right, right, right. Okay, so yeah, so, uh, 1967. Uh, yeah. But then, yeah, but by the 70s, um, he was a pretty big country music act. You know, he had that. I don't know if it was the 70s or the early 80s. He had that duet with uh, Dolly Parton. Oh, Islands in the Stream. Yeah. Written by Um, uh, the Bee Gees. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Rogers was huge. I mean, the guy was absolutely huge because he wasn't just a country music singer, but he he definitely, you know, crossed over into the mainstream like Dolly Parton. Right. And some people like that. And then he became an actor... Um, and he did a bunch of movies. Uh, the Gambler, for instance. He did a few <laughs> right. of those movies. Um, he did a, 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 a like a NASCAR movie called The Six Pack, which I was a fan of when I was a kid. He played Brewster Baker, and uh, in which his his uh, his race team was uh, in like a short track stock car team was run by a bunch of kids. <sighs> Okay. Because that's very that's very safe and realistic. <laughs> Stock car, <laughs> kids. Um, yeah, Diane Lane was in that movie. Um, yeah, you know, and he did a few he did a few other movies like that. And then I want to say in the nineties he did The Gambler again. Like he started doing like TV movies, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know. And, you know, he sang, and then he had some really bad plastic surgery, and that's it. Oh, yeah. Well, and he has a chain of fried chicken fast food right. restaurants in the Asia. Roasters. Yeah. It's big Kenny in Kenny Rogers Roasters. Yeah. Well, it used to be here, but I'm sure they closed. They closed. Now it's Asia. Yeah. So, Kenny uh, Rogers, which, right. which was featured on Seinfeld, an episode of Seinfeld. Oh, was that the one with the neon sign yes. that Kramer couldn't sleep? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, and then we have another one. Yes. Yes, a very soft-spoken man. Born September 19th, 1926. Died March 2nd, 2020. 93 yes. years old. It's me! No, uh, we did him already. Uh, James Lipton. Now let me ask you, let me ask you, Robert. Go ahead. uh, When you, in in 1989, when you wrote the screenplay for The Civil War II, what were your inspirations? 
<laughs> you don't actually have to answer. My, no, I I do remember my inspiration. My inspiration was coming up with the dumbest, most idiotic, absurd, stupid play that I could possibly think of to get revenge on the other class who actually took the assignment seriously. Right, right. <laughs> right. Now, of course, you didn't and you couldn't go our my route which was to uh turn a horrendous uh, <laughs> 1950s uh uh country ballad into a uh, also into a into a uh, violent <laughs> live action uh, uh, representation. Well, both yeah, both both of our plays were violent. Of course, naturally, of course, they had yes. to be completely violent. Violent. But so here's the thing about James Lipton is that yeah. I remember in the late 1990s. <laughs> this is my memory. This is just yeah, my yeah. memory. Inside the actor studio. Yes, in the late 1990s, this show came on cable TV. Inside the Actors Guild. What was the or whatever what was, it, was, was the channel? Was the channel Bravo or was it something else? I want to say Bravo. I don't know because I didn't watch those kind of channels back else. then. But I just remember yeah, right. this talk, sh this this interview show, became yes. so popular overnight. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, James Lipton, James Lipton, James Lipton. And I'm like, who is James Lipton? Like, this guy just appeared out of nowhere, and he was like 70 years old. It was like, who's this? Where's he been this whole time? Who is this? He was just an acting professor. Basically, but, but he's an acting teacher. Right, but who somehow overnight became famous. Like, after all those decades of him doing this career, all of a sudden, he's a household name. It's like, how does that happen? I don't know. You know, it was funny. I thought what you were going to say was when the show first came on in the 90s, James Lipton looked like he was 90 years old, and yet, you know, he he lived another, like, 25 years. Well, that, yeah. No, well, that's what I'm saying. He was already, he was already old, and but and, right. and now he died. I'm like, oh, yeah, how well, he was 93 years old. Wow. Ah, well. Yeah, All right, moving on. That's so weird. But anyway, James Lipton. Um, the uh, I have an, I have a video game update. Oh dear, AV, many AV the the long awaited, long anticipated angry video yeah. game nerd slash irate gamer <laughs> crossover video. I don't think I've ever watched this irate gamer. Well, uh, I'm going to repeat myself for what I just said about James Lipton, but I remember uh. watching back in, like, I don't know, like 2006, seven when the Angry Video, the Angry Nintendo nerd, the Angry Video Game right. nerd, first was getting popular. There were a bunch of copycats, like the Game Dude and the Irate Gamer and all these uh. angry gaming nerds uh, screaming about yes. old Nintendo games. There was uh, many, uh, uh, I don't know about imposters, but... Uh, copycats. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, the Irate Gamer was one of them. And and he, he was one of the copycats who actually had a, a good following. Um. But that was years ago. I mean, we're talking four, 13, 14 years ago. I didn't know he was still making videos. I'm like, wait, Irate Gamer? That's still a thing? Wow. Chris Chris Neo. You know, he kind of looks like uh, Frank. Edward Nora. <laughs> uh, I don't think he does, but okay. He kind of looks a little like him. 
but anyway, so that so yes, the they finally did uh and and it wasn't that in my opinion, I don't know. Watch it, tell me what you think. I thought it was like like anticlimactic after all these years and seeing how little effort was put into it. But whatever. Anyway, it was But what took so long? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I think it is? I think um someone and and I I don't say this in a negative way. I don't say this in a nasty way, but someone like the angry video gamer James Rolfe, right? This is his profession. This is yeah. how he make. This is how he earns the, uh, the income to support his family and his home and everything. Well, it's not the only way. No, 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 no. But this is the big way. So I think after four, fourteen years of doing the angry video game nerd, like you have to just come up with ways to generate views, and it's like uh, you know, you run out of ideas, or you gotta like scrape. <laughs> Again, I don't mean this in a nasty way, but it's like sometimes you have to. Well, potentially I, scrape the bottom of the barrel and like I don't know let's also, do a crossover with irate gamer let's let's drop I mean, up it's, some it's also also because of the pandemic yeah you know, yeah uh, right. they're There's kind of sitting case. around they have free time you know blah 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 yeah yeah so there's so anyway so that's it uh, but but it was about the, the the Nintendo Entertainment System game Dick Tracy which the angry video game nerd already reviewed they didn't uh, do some fresh game that neither one of them had never reviewed before so i don't know anyway you misspelled it i did yeah oh there's no there's e. no e in tracy oh i know okay there is, so anyway. yeah the, that see this is education this is paunch stevenson show is an educational show M- moving right. on so another video game update nintendo entertainment yeah. system super mario brothers 3 yeah. The the classic yellow box with the cartoon Mario fly with the raccoon ears flying and the big logo Super Mario Brothers three. Evidently, there is a variation of the box art where the as word, there is. Well, there's variations for like every old NES game with the box right. art. It's really ridiculous. Atari and so yeah, I know. There's, but there's a variation where the word. The, the abbreviation brothers instead of being underneath super mario on the right hand side of the box it was on the left hand side of the box yes and that variation is uh, what was for sale and uh did it, did they say <laughs> did they say they oh, were hoping um <clears throat> um they they were selling it for thousands and thousands of dollars. So uh, yeah, well, again, it's it's one of these ridiculous sealed copies that are graded in this like tamper-proof uh, plastic shell, and it's just it's nonsensical. It's completely it's nonsensical, and I, I it's a box. Hate discu- I hate even discussing it. It's a box. It's a cardboard box. Huh? But anyway, I thought that was absurd. Definitely. Um, Twenty nineteen. So this was this was a year a year and a half ago. The Nintendo Entertainment System Super Mario Brothers, not Super Mario Brothers three, right. but Super Mario Brothers. A again a sealed copy of the game sold for one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. One hundred. Yeah. There's people who can't even have a. <laughs> 
There's people who don't even have a place to live and they're buying the Super Mario for $100,000. <laughs> What's wrong so, with these so, people? So the real quick, the you know, the thing with this game is so Super Mario Brothers was, you know, one of the first games on the NES when it came out uh, 35 years ago now. Um and so there were there were multiple iterations of those first um, Nintendo uh, releases. So basically, you had a test market in New York City, a few other places around the country where NES games were sold. They were in uh, those black boxes. They had the the hang tabs that you could you know kind of full unfold from the back and, and hang it on a on a like a hook. Uh, those are on it, and et cetera, et cetera. So there was like that edition, and then you know in 1986 they changed the box style, so it, that's another revision. And then there was another revision. So, <coughs> but but my question by, is why the, does it matter? It, why well, does it matter? You have the game. Sh- you have the box. <laughs> Who cares if there's a book? Look, look, look. I, I understand people collect things. It's supposed to be for enjoy. I collect records. I collect comic books. I collect uh, uh, pencils. I don't know that people collect all different kinds. Of, I get it. It's a fun hobby. But when you start spending hundreds of thousands of dollars because this cardboard box has a little plastic hook on it and the identical cardboard box doesn't have a plastic now it is not a fun hobby now you're you're wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars on something that doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what's interesting is um I think recently I was looking at um, priorities. Somebody, recently I was looking at somebody at you know there's scans of the the old Funko Land uh, flyers, which um, they don't tell you how much the games that they would give you right. for the games, but they, they would tell you how much they sold for used and, right? the, the used games. Yes, yeah, and it's really now again at that time they sold them mostly just loose. Right, but it's interesting because a friend of mine had, um, a friend of mine uh, had. He's younger than us, so when he got the NES, he was a little little kid, basically. So he had a lot of these, like what I would think would be very obscure NES titles from like ninety two, ninety three, ninety four, right at the end of the the lifespan, that were like kitty games. That you know, you and I at that point weren't even buying NES games anymore. But even if we did, we were like, we'd be like, why the hell would we want that? It's, it's the game is awful. <laughs> so, but he had a lot of these weird, obscure games, and he had found them in his attic or whatever. And I was telling him how much that they were worth, and even I was surprised as I was looking up prices on a lot of these things. And then I said, hey, what? Look at this for you know, just for comparison. And it's funny, a lot of the games that he had. Like Funko Land used to sell them for like three yeah. dollars, you know, like in nineteen ninety seven, let's right. say, right? Because nobody wanted them. They were rare in the sense because nobody bought them, but nobody also wanted them. Um, but what's ironic is the the Super Mario Brothers NES game by itself was was worth a lot more money than. Um, a lot of the NES games because there weren't many of them out there. That's 
what people don't realize that's why a lot of those early NES titles the the black box games the Donkey Kong Donkey Kong Junior Math Balloon blah blah blah, blah. Fight, Ice Climber yeah Kid Icarus, yeah Donkey Kong Three Popeye yep yeah Clue Clue Land or whatever yeah a lot of those are worth more money because you know they sold in like the first couple of years but even by the time like you and I got the NES which was like 1988 like nobody was buying them anymore no. you know they had moved on to all the other popular and new titles right nobody and was so, buying wrecking crew in 1988 no. it was double dragon contra metroid legend of zelda super mario no, 2 etc etc and to wrap, so to wrap it up, basically the reason why Super Mario Brothers is worth so much money is because back then, almost every console that Nintendo sold, particularly by like 87, they were selling the action set and things. So basically it was any, it was basically all these, these console sets that Nintendo was selling where they packed in Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt on the same cartridge, or Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt, uh, class uh, track yeah. me, yeah, the track me, or so they were doing that. So the days of early on in the NES life when people were buying the console itself that didn't come with any games, like ended, and and so there was no reason for anyone to buy Super Mario Brothers as it's as it alone. Right. So I'm just saying that a lot of people may not realize or say, wait a minute, wasn't Super Mario Brothers like the most the, the biggest game at the time? The millions and millions of copies were sold. Yes, they were sold as part of the console with usually with Duck Hunt. And right. I mean everybody I know had Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt. Right. I don't know of anybody that had but, just but then, Super so Mario why Brothers. so why uh so how come the the original boxed version of Duck Hunt doesn't sell for a hundred thousand dollars. Seriously. Um I well, because it's Duck Hunt. It's, it's not yeah. it's not Super Mario Brothers. But yes, Duck Hunt alone, if you get if you have one of those boxes I'm talking about, the early, early ones, the hang tab and all that nonsense, it's worth a lot more than just a later version of, of let's say Duck Hunt would be. Well, there were it's two... It's stupid, but whatever. So so the CNET article said that soup, that copy of Super Mario Brothers sold for $100,000. An ABC version of that article said it sold for $140,000. Uh, well, yeah, that but that's not ABC. That's ABC Australia. Whatever. Oh, so that's uh, Australian dollars. Oh, idiot. <laughs> Either way, it's a conversion. But so that was 2019. Wow. Then, in, so what happens sometimes with these wacky video game collectors is something will surface, some minute little variation, or some kind of like air raid for Atari 2600. Something will surface. The collectors go nuts, yeah. and. A one-time thing, it's like, oh, the bidding went up to $100,000. It's a one-time thing. It was a fluke. It was an anomaly. It was excitement, whatever. No, because that was 2019. 2020, a copy of of Nintendo Entertainment System Super Mario Brothers again sold for $114,000. So it wasn't just a one-time fluke. 
People, right. who is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars? Who has that kind of money just laying around? Like, and, and even if you do, why spend it on a, a dime a dozen video game because, that you can get at the thrift store for, for a nickel? Because you're talking about people who $100,000 is like a it's just drop in the bucket, so it doesn't mean much to them. I just, so, okay, so I I know this. I, I'm not that. I'm not trying to judge. I'm not trying to preach or whatever. But just the way my mind works, even if a hundred that even if I were so wealthy, a hundred thousand dollars was like a penny to me. Instead of yeah. buying this silly dumb boxed video game, I, mean, I like Super Mario Brothers, but. If I'm if I have a check in my hand for a hundred thousand dollars and I'm about to give it to the person for a copy of Super Mario Brothers, the way my mind works is I'm going to be like, wait, the number of families I can feed with a hundred thousand dollars, or or I can clothe, or provide shelter for for a hundred thousand, and I'm going <laughs> to buy a, a copy of this cartridge that I already, I don't know, it just seems it I can't relate to it. Is all I'm saying. I can't relate. Well, to no it. one could relate to it. So again, that's why it doesn't get much press. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. All right. So, ugh. Uh, ugh. I saw this tweet. Uh, if you click on this <laughs> on this thing, your link doesn't work. I just sent you another one. Oh, oh, they got rid of the. T- okay, hold on. Let me, uh, let me pop this up. <laughs> this is stupid. I just sent it to you. So there. Yeah, I know. So there's a. Someone found a tomato that looks like Larry Bird. Yeah. <laughs> it does. If anyone even knows who that is anymore. Uh, Larry Legend. Is he still a thing? Is he still around? Well, I mean, he's still around. He doesn't really do anything, but... No. How come they have old-timer baseball days, but do they have old-timer basketball days? I hope not. Or football. <laughs> the war. The last thing you want to see is an old fart playing basketball. Not I, pretty. You don't think like if Larry Bird got on the court right now, you don't think he would still be at least pretty decent? Well, I mean, he'd be able to like shoot with nobody around him. I mean, the guy's like, old. No, but broken like, down. Like, if you get Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, right? Carl uh, uh, Malone. Uh, David Robinson. I mean, I think like Jordan can. I think Jordan can still, you know, play. I'm not saying I mean, they're going to be. I'm not saying they're at their peak. I'm just saying like no. they're they're not going to just like roll around on the court like 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 idiots. They're going to like they still have some kind of motion and and. Uh, uh, I mean, they're you know they're in their. I mean, Larry Bird's in his sixties, right? So I mean, he's not going to be able to run. <laughs> Why not? Why? He's not 90. He's not in a wheelchair. 60s is well, young. Well, I mean, he's just, he's, he's old. He's probably overweight. He's broken down. He just can't do it. <laughs> he's broken down. He's only 60. You're yeah, acting like he's 100 you know, years old. Yeah, but you're talking about professional athletes who have had tons of really bad injuries. Yeah. And when you get to that age, I mean, you can't, you've seen like Joe Namath. The guy is like crippled, can't even move. Well... <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's tough. Oh, nine one one. Ah, please. All right, so the tomato that looked like Larry Bird. We'll post a picture yeah. on the. Definitely looks like Larry Bird. All right, uh, you you go, you go. 
Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know whatever happened with this, but they announced. I mean, they re- they announced these reunion series all the time. You know, uh, I guess the Saved by the Bell one is coming on this fall, which I don't think I'm even going to watch it. Um, but I guess they they want to make one for Who's the Boss with wait, Tony Danza. Wait a minute, catch me up on the Saved by the Bell thing. What's that? We've talked about this. I know, but I forget. So what? <laughs> tell me. Quick, it's no, it's important. So, so the <laughs> for their and jeez for the uh, uh, NBC streaming app Peacock. Yeah, they are. They're doing a Saved by the Bell series of some kind. Mm-hmm. You know, short comedy that stars uh, Elizabeth Berkley, Mario Lopez, primarily. Um, uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Mark Paul Gossler will be part of it in some screech? fashion. They wait a minute. They also oh. showed a picture of um, Lark Voorhees, so she'll be on it. Although she may just only have a cameo. Uh, no Mister Belding and no, no wait, Screech. What? what do you mean, no Mister Belding? What's what's Dennis Haskins oh. doing? That's so important. I don't know. No, they didn't hire him. They got some guy. I guess the principal is some is that guy from A Mighty Wind. What? Uh, John, uh, what's his name? Uh, Wait, first of all, why do they have a principal if they're like 40 years old? No, they're not still in school. <laughs> what is it? It's then? the kids' money. Something's got to be done by your kids. Why can't they have Dennis Haskins? The whole thing is ruined now. Dennis Haskins is is like a three hundred pound drunk. I'm gonna hire him. <laughs> so, hey, 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 hey! What is going on here? Anyway, so you have to do th- it. That, yes, huh? You have to do it. Hey, 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 hey! What is going on here? Why am I not on this TV program? He's, he's gonna have to make his own competing thing with him and Screech. Uh, they did that. That was the new class. <laughs> True. Wait, why terrible. no screech? Come on, you know why. <laughs> He's doing the liability. That radioactive. You don't know what that guy's going to do. <laughs> what? Listen, we talked to that guy for about 20 minutes, and it was the creepiest 20 minutes we've ever spent with a celebrity. Uh, I don't know. Do you expect these other people to work with him? No, maybe not maybe he just needs a second chance. <laughs> Season two. All right. They'll bring you... <laughs> Anyway, so now, there, obviously there's a new class, there's a new generation. I don't know if it's their kids or whatever the deal is, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of interest in it. And So anyway, who, who's well, the boss? Well, wait, though. I'm not. <sighs> I will never find out because I will never subscribe to Peacock. Well, Peacock is technically free, but I think their new series, you have to do the premium. So, no, no. I won't do it either. Although, if you have Comcast... Which I don't. Uh, you would get it for free, which we don't. No. And nor will anyway, I ever have it again, so... No, Comcast is terrible. Um, so who's the boss? Yeah, so who's the boss they want... I, I don't... I mean, I heard about it, but that's that's it. I mean, I don't know if they're still doing it. Where's What about Growing Pains? Where's a Growing Pains reunion? I mean, now Thick is dead. <laughs> True. I forgot. True. No. True. What about uh, home improvement? <laughs> they just arrested one of the the kids. Yeah, so the the, the older brother, right? 
Yeah, Brad yeah. beat up his girlfriend. Dummy. Big dummy! Although, actually, I've heard about... I don't know if they are doing... Maybe they are doing a home improvement. I've seen... <coughs> I've seen some stuff with, like, Tim Allen and Richard Carr, and maybe they are gonna... They, they will do it. I, I don't know. I mean, not that I was a huge home improvement fan, but the show was very well, big. The show was popular. Yeah, I mean, I was a big fan, but, I mean, I, I just... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's nice to see them, you know, working together, doing these things again. But I, I, I don't see how they could they could work at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, I talked to this. Uh, you know, I mentioned this with with Lanza in the last episode, uh, Bill and Ted Three, um, which it's a tough listen. That's that was tough to do a movie. You know that they had done two movies thirty years ago. And now you're doing a third movie, you know, and it's going to be like the same premise, basically. I mean, that's that's just the franchise, and it's tough to come back and do a movie after 30 years when you're so much older, and even even when it's a comedy, it's just it's not that easy. And I felt that the Bill and Ted's case, uh, uh, face the music, I felt that they pulled it off. You know, because they just kept poking fun at themselves. You know, basically, and <laughs> well, that's, that's the only how you way have you to, can do it. Yeah. Well, and Alex Winter, I mean, he looked exactly like how he looked back yeah. then. Too. I mean, he looked, he had the hair and the face. I mean, he looked good. They, they both, you know. It's, uh... I mean, Keanu looked, I think the problem with Keanu, I've said this before, is they made him shave. Right. I yeah, think, he he should have had a little mis- stubble. Yeah, I to, mean, to he's like the traditional, the, the, the traditional Keanu Reeves... Uh, you know, beard that he has makes him look a lot younger than does, yeah. beardless. That's why yeah, I have once he took beard. the. Well, yeah. No, actually, well, the beard took, the beard makes me look older. Actually, when I shave, I look eh. like I'm I look like I'm seventeen. But uh, once he shaved, it was uh, it didn't look very good. Yeah. But now you know. But now he's doing the Matrix Four, and he's still shaved. Right. So. The Matrix Four. Yeah, I, uh, the matrixing. Um, there was a uh, well. You know what does work? Because you're saying it's hard to pull that off thirty years later. You know what was able to pull it off? Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah, and it's coming back. The season uh, what, season, season three three is coming in January. Couple months. Well, they yeah. Well, they, I mean, they shot that season like two years ago, but. Um, but they ended on yeah, a cliffhanger. It, We've been waiting this whole time. Well, it started out on YouTube, like Red the or premium. something. You had to pay for it. Right. And then they finally started releasing the episodes for free last year, and I watched it all, and I thought it was terrific. Very good. And yeah, very uh, good. they shot season three, and in the in the interim, they actually sold the show. It was so popular, they, they were able to sell, sell the show to Netflix. Yeah, uh, which means it'll be immediately canceled. So no, 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 because they already have season four in the works. Well, then it'll be canceled. Netflix doesn't pay for anything anymore. It's just horrible. <sighs> they cancel everything. But yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, looking for. I mean, it's like I've said before. I mean, William Zatka has is really the he's the star of this show. It's it's not right. really Machio, right? And you know they flip the script so much where. You know, Zabka is this down and out, you know, sort of anti-hero. Right. 
And Machio, who was the hero from the original movies, you know, he basically... I'm, I'm not saying he's the villain, but, no, but he basically became like the... Yeah, he became Zapka. Right. You know, like, William Zapka in all those 80s movies was the teenage jerk. And you he know, was like he was the, he, he was so yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, he was the villain, but he wasn't completely the villain because there were comedies and stuff like that, but... You know, that Machio became, basically became this, like, hapless, like, you know, like, nitwit <laughs> in the selfish. show. So, so anyway, so so you had, the, see, again, segue. So you had done a review of Cobra Kai, and then, yeah. and then we watched it. So now I'm going to do my quick review, which is because uh. we're talking about it. So basically, uh, uh, based on your recommendation and a couple other people's recommendations, it's very, very Mine good. wasn't good enough? No, it was, but then, you know, like, life and work and whatever, but then someone else recommended it. Like, by the third or fourth recommendation, it's like, all right, fine, I'll... I'll. And I'm glad I did Twist because... Twist my arm. I'm glad, I'm glad I did because it's, it was very good. I, I, um... Even after you describe it, I still, like, have one idea of what this is going to be in my imagination, but then I watched it, and I'm like, oh, this is, this is not like what I imagined. This is... <laughs> It's so good, and it's like it's it's dramatic, but also there's humorous points. There's like uh, comic relief, and there, and yeah, like you said, you I, I ended up really liking Johnny, and uh, it's very good. I don't know, it's very, it's it's his journey and mentoring and and redeeming himself, and then John Kreese comes, and I just want to. I want, him, I just want him to get the heck out of here because he's <laughs> crazy. No. He's psychotic and uh, it's, it's John Kreese karate. I know, but he's ruining everything. Get out of here. You know what's funny is there is like a split on on the internet I've seen between people who want Terry Silver <laughs> to be in the third season and people who absolutely hate Terry Silver. No, that would just be weird. That would be stupid. Come on! I don't know. It, it, it would be funny, but it would just be Whoa. weird for the show. Whoa! But, um... They've had, yeah. they've had everybody else other than the old girlfriend, uh, Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, not Elizabeth Shue. But, uh, yeah, I know the mom and everything, but, um... Yeah, John Kreese. I mean, he's just become so evil and, and manipulative. And <laughs> it's like, I, I just want... It, even him... I guess this is a good actor, right? Because even just him being on the screen, I'm like, I, just yeah. get him out of here. He's evil. Martin Cole. I hate him. Great. I know. Well, they also, like I said, they also had, in season two, they also had all the old Cobra Kai guys. Yeah, for a for an episode. For the most yeah. part. Yeah, it was, so, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's very good, good. I'm looking forward to season three because season two ended on a cliffhanger. And, yeah, yeah. And, um, well, I won't spoil it, but anyway, moving <laughs> on. I was going to say, it in, in the on. in the final episode of season two, there's something, something happens that I feel like, even though it was very entertaining, it like that would just never happen in real life. Like no prince, at least where we went to school, the principal, hey, you're gonna go to school in Syria if I catch you yeah. brawling in the middle of the hallway. And it would just brawling. Never... They had a full on karate a ninja movie going on. I know, but it's like even though it was very entertaining and suspenseful and stuff, I'm like, all right, this is th this is obviously very unrealistic, but it was still entertaining. Wow. Um, Moving on. Yeah. Um, 
someone who we like, Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> and also, don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. And also don't Michael Winslow from Police Academy. So um, yeah. the 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 old sketch comedy show Key and Peel. Yeah. I was watching some of the some of the show on um, on Hulu. And there's also they put skits on YouTube too. But I was watching it and I was like in season 1 episode 7, which was from 2012. There was a skit. Like they do all these their humor is very wacky and and a lot of it some of it doesn't click with me, but a lot of it clicks with me. And they did this one skit where it was Bobby McFerrin versus Michael Winslow because they both use their mouth and make instrument sounds and sound effects. So they got into this competition. It's so absurd and and silly, but I love that kind of humor. They both got into this competition, and uh, one of them was getting more applause than the other one, so he was, like, trying to kill the other one, but neither one of them were talking they were just doing sound effects (laughs) like like one of them would pick up a banana and make gun sound effects and the other one would like get hurt actually and like oh and like make all the sound it's very it sounds stupid but it's very very funny so i watch it and and, uh and then uh uh keegan kills uh uh peel Peel. yeah kills jordan and as uh big and (laughs) And then sticks the banana in his hand like it's a gun. Right. I don't know. It was very funny. So you should look that up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. Another video game update. So there. So after all these decades yeah, yeah. of console wars, the Genesis versus the Super Nintendo or Mega Drive versus Super Famicom, people like By the way, by the way, wait, yeah, wait, by yeah, the go way. Ahead. Go ahead. Um, the Console Wars documentary uh, that was originally written and researched by uh, uh, Seth Rogen. <laughs> He's a producer, but uh, oh god, how do I not know this guy's Corey name? I've actually or... no, uh, uh, oh god, Corey Matthews. No, Mr. Matthews, why aren't you in class today, Mr. Matthews? I don't was, know why. Uh... I don't know why that came to mind. Anyway, he wrote the Console Wars uh, book, which uh, I I, uh, I read. Blake Harris, Blake uh. Blake J Harris, sorry. Uh, and then I, we had him on the Digital Press uh, podcast at one point. Um, at least I did. I interviewed him, and then we brought him into the store and did it. But um, yeah, very cool guy. So he did, and they basically took took all this footage that he had from interviewing. Uh, the Sega of America and Nintendo of America people uh, way back then from the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and they put it into uh, a documentary. It's on CBS All Access, which neither of, neither of us pay for. Nope. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You could do a free there's, trial or there's something. There's only so many services yeah, that I can subscribe to because there's only so much time in a day that I, can, I only have enough room for uh, only so many shows or movies. I mean honestly, honestly, you could subscribe to these one of these services for like a for a month. Cancel and in that period of time you would have more than enough time at least I think to like watch 
the two or three series that you even care about, and then you're done with them for like another year or two years. You know, they just don't have that much content. No. Peacock. You know, at the end of the and, day. And uh, what, what was the... Uh, Quibi, that's another... I know they, they uh, just Oh, well, that's gone out. already. Yeah, yeah, that's already gone. Came and went. Well, it's like, you know, it's like HBO and Warner, you know, Warner, they had their own... They had DC Universe and they had HBO and, and now it's all HBO Max. Right. You know, and... Which is somewhat good because they basically realized... Like, no one is going to pay for these stupid services. We, we own, we're a megalithic company. We own material from, from Turner, from Time Warner, from HBO, blah, 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 blah. Why not just put it all into one service? At least do that for the customer. You know, not have three or four different services they have to pay for, which makes no sense whatsoever. So, I guess that's a positive. But uh, anyway... Um, the Cinemax yeah, so that one's out a, there. The, the Cinemax have a streaming service. Well, no, it's that's part of HBO Max. Oh. HBO Max. Because Showtime has a has a, a, a stream. Stars yeah, Showtime, has a streaming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but even like Showtime, which is owned by Viacom, I mean, they I believe Viacom like repurchased CBS or they merged again. So it's like it's the same thing. Why don't you just combine one service? You have Showtime, MTV, Nickelodeon, CBS, you know, all in the same service. Maybe people would pay for it. Maybe. Maybe I'm not I saying would it'll pay. definitely I know. happen. I know. Maybe Probably I would not, pay but. for that. If they, uh... All right. Anyway, so, yeah, so they, um, I don't know who did this, but somebody uh, uh, recently did a tech demo where they ported Sonic the Hedgehog to the Super Nintendo. Right. And the reason why this is a big deal is because, for like I said, for decades, you had one faction of, of video gamers saying the Super Nintendo is better than the Genesis. It has more colors and more sprites and Mode 7 three-dimensional graphics or whatever. And then you had another faction of video gamers saying, no, the Genesis is better because the CPU is twice the, the clock yeah. speed and therefore... It can do blast processing and have games move ten times faster and characters move... Like, for example, Sonic the Hedgehog could never be done on the Super Nintendo. It moves too fast, and the Super <laughs> Nintendo doesn't have blast processing. It can't do it. Yeah. The end, period. Evidently, it can. It's just well, sprites. I mean, it's... it's just moving sprites around a screen. Whoever thought the Super Nintendo can't move sprites around that, that argument was was garbage from the beginning. It's just moving well, sprites I... on the screen. Yeah, I mean, again, it was like even back then, the third party, you know, Acclaim and Electronic Arts and Capcom and Konami, they all made games on both systems. <laughs> I know <laughs> that were. Barely decipherable, you know, know, between the two. I know. It was so silly. Console so, wars are silly. I actually thought, to be honest with you, I, I saw that on one of the message boards and over the summer, and I actually was surprised. I was like, I could have swore somebody did this already, you know, <laughs> by this point. Um, now, I know that way back, oh, God, this goes back to the 90s. Um, in the Far East, where you had all these, like, Chinese-based uh, uh, knockoffs, they, um, I mean, they ported Sonic to NES. Right. I, know. I mean, it, it was atrocious, but 
Well, there's even Meg it was done. There, there's uh, Master System versions of like official uh, Sega yeah. Master. But the well, th- for the Game Gear, those are decent. Right. They're but, not super but, fast. They're decent. But the big- I mean, and there was. Look, Super Mario Brothers was ported to the Genesis from NES ages ago, and I want to say somebody has—I think somebody's ported Super Mario World. But yeah, Donkey Kong Country. No, I, I know there are, there are. But the big deal about this one is, yes, there are Game Gear and Master System official Sega versions of Sonic the Hedgehog, but what made the Genesis version special? wasn't just the fast-moving sprites. It was all of the physics calculations happening under the hood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's slopes and loops and whatever, and Sonic would react to them in a physically... I don't know. It was just something to do with the physics calculations. So people would say, the Super Nintendo CPU isn't fast enough. It could never do a faithful version of Sonic the Hedgehog, and this is a faithful... This isn't just a, quote, master system type of version where it's just a sprite moving fast this is a sprite moving fast plus doing the physics calculations i mean look at the end of the day it's programming what we've seen people do on the atari 2600 you know these days it doesn't it does surprise me what what you can accomplish especially if you use like bigger mappers and 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 things like that and and that can increase the you know the capacity of, of the original system and stuff like that. It's now, very doable. Now something... But, um, so so in those <laughs> Genesis... I, hold on. I didn't listen to it though. Uh, I think I, I, I... Like when I saw... I think I watched it for like a second. I was like, oh yeah, this is good. The colors were a little bit different because the color palettes are different between the two systems. There's nothing you can do about that. Um, the SNES tended to have a... I want to say a softer palette um, then the Genesis. Well, um, th- see, see, that was a stylistic choice for some reason, which... I, but there were people on... Uh, it, it's subjective, but there were people on... Well, what, about the, what about the music? Hold on, yeah, so there because, were people well, Because on, the music between the two consoles were vastly different. Very different, yeah. So regarding the colors, people on the message boards were saying... <laughs> we, Wait, what I, message board do you read? Uh, like what, like Reset Era and Reddit and, uh. and whatever. They were saying, like, we actually, like, the, the colors on this homemade port of Sonic the Hedgehog Super Nintendo are actually more, they're bolder and richer. Like, Sonic looks like a a, a bold blue color, whereas on the Gen... <laughs> like, they were saying that the color that Sonic the Hedgehog looked in this homemade version looked like how we remember Sonic looked in the Genesis, yeah. but then if you actually go back and play it on the Genesis, it's like this drab, pale blue. And it's like, no, <laughs> he's supposed to be this vibrant blue. This, this port is getting the colors right, even though they're wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, um, a lot of that, listen, a lot of that back in the day. Yeah, but, come here, but back in the day, you're playing on, at best, a composite video <laughs> signal, which... Right. Any composite coming out of a Sega 16-bit or 8-bit system back then looked like a muddy disaster. Nintendo had a much better composite signal. But anyway, the, the music but, but is the really music, the key because right. and the, the Genesis synthesized music was not, not had nothing to do with Super Nintendo. Completely right. different. 
So somehow, so I, I don't know all of the specifics, but the music was faithfully recreated on this homemade port. Mm. Surprisingly. But the other thing with all of these decades-long Genesis versus Super Nintendo console wars is people bring up the same arguments to, to defend their positions over and over and over mm. through the decades. So... So there was the whole Sonic thing, blast processing, Super Nintendo CPU is too slow, it can't do the physics yet. Well, clearly it can. Um, the other, one of the other arguments that people always trot out is, well, Super Nintendo had, um, um, had Mode 7, this Mode 7 uh, graphics capabilities where it can do a three-dimensional plane right. uh, and zoom in and out and distort it and that kind of stuff. The Atari and, Lynx had that. Well, and the Genesis can't, and then the Genesis defenders would be like, well, actually, the Genesis CPU is so fast, it doesn't need a special Mode 7. It can do all those calculations in the CPU. For example, there's this game called Red Zone, where, look, the back... It's like the helicopter stage and pilot wings on the Super Nintendo, and the backgrounds are rotate Like, they did Mode 7... <coughs> excuse me. They did Mode 7 without the need for special uh, instructions or whatever. And it turns out the Genesis in that game... I'm not saying the game is impressive or unimpressive or whatever. Regardless, it's not doing rotation. It's, do, it's using very clever sprite programming to simulate rotation. Nothing yeah, is I mean, being rotated. It's all there, sprite trickery. Look, there are, there are. Uh, first of all, there are SNES games that do what you're saying. They use sprites, and people to this day think that it's Mode Seven. It's not Mode Seven. <laughs> right. um, and, but there have been multiple Genesis um, tech demos and prototypes and. And even some some you know homebrew that it's gotten pretty pretty uh, um, far along of F Zero and of Super Mario Kart right. and things like that on the Genesis. So right. and, but, and but but again to because the 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 fanboys can't they they have to uh, twist things to fit their narrative and defend their position. Whereas I say I don't care anymore. Yes, 30 years ago, yeah, I mean, at this point, we used to argue, and I would, Super Nintendo's better, but at this point, what do I, I don't care, I just want the facts. The, the difference between the systems back then, to me, have not changed, and the difference between the systems was never hardware, very rarely was it hardware, um, it was software, and beyond the software, it was... Um, budgetary and it was decisions made by the management right. of of the individual companies. Right. You know when I, I listen, I'm on Atari Age all the time. People, you know, nonstop rave about the 7800. <laughs> well, Why? look, the 7800 uh, with uh, additional capacities, let's say for larger uh, cartridge ROM and things like that, that eventually a lot of NES games had. Well, um, and, and could have been a very and huh? time and budget yes. <laughs> and money. That's right. you know, listen, you get what you pay for. And Atari at the time, the Tremels, they were paying nothing. 
Well, they had no money. They it had was, they had it no was money. Literally, see, uh, what, what what you're saying, which is true, is you have two game machines on the shelf next to each other at the store. <laughs> this right. one, this game machine has uh, 50 different developers from all over the world developing for it. Some good, some better than others, but whatever. 50 different developers, and they're making money off this thing, and therefore the money they make, they pour back into R&D to make better right. games and better games that try to outdo each other. Whereas this other game console sitting on the shelf next to it has <laughs> two developers... And Atari is only paying the two developers a thousand dollars to yeah, squirt out whatever rushed piece of junk. Por it's like, listen, please don't spend time on this. Crank out whatever bare minimum port you can, because I'm only giving you two weeks, and I'm not paying you I, for I mean, more than that. Yeah, it, it, it's like it had when, nothing to when, do with the with the power of the machine. No, it had to do well, with budgets. In some cases. The power was a problem. You know, the Lynx and the Game Gear, fantastic portable uh, graphics, but the Game Boy destroyed them because <laughs> the batteries lasted on the Game Boy. And, well, and well, so, the right, game... so, so that was a hardware thing, but well, we're no, talking but, about and, quality and of the software Game Boy, but, often yes, had the... nothing to do with the quality of the hardware. Right, and but often. Game Boy not, not had... Not often. But Game Boy had licensed and first party properties that people wanted to play on it whereas the other consoles did not and the other thing is like when it came listen when the 32 bit systems came out the the Jaguar and this the uh, 3DO. the 3DO and blah 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 the Neo Geo and they all failed you know one reason was they were extremely uh, expensive yeah. But beyond that, the games weren't all that good. You know, because I mean, they, they, of the hardware and budgets. Mm -hmm. I mean, time is budget. Yeah, so I mean, basically, it came down to because the money wasn't being invested in quality development. You know, I watched. There's a. Uh, I'll put a link, but there's a game. Uh, I, I would want. I would want. I want you to. To watch this, you, I don't know if you've seen it. There's a uh, documentary on GoldenEye, uh, N64. Uh, I, I, I forgot to send it to you, but it's really, really good. And um, it's it basically talks. They talk to you know a bunch of the people that worked on it. And things like that. it's a lot of archive footage as well of uh, uh, the guy that uh, ran uh, um, Rare Stamper at, at the t huh Chris Stamper. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think it's a lot of it's like archive footage of a like video dev game developer co uh, presentation he did like you know fifteen twenty years ago. But they talk about in it how you know Nintendo was like constantly like pressing them. Oh, you gotta make, you gotta put it out there, you gotta put it out there, and they were always under the gun. And how they uh, uh, they did the mo they developed the multiplayer completely in secret on their own because they knew if they had told Nintendo about it, they would never give them the time to do it. So they basically like did it on their own, and that wound up being the biggest selling point of the game, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, they just talk about how, you know, again, like even it's funny that they there's a few there's a bunch of cases where they bring up Miyamoto and how Miyamoto had input on the game, and his input like if they had done it, 
the game would have been terrible. <laughs> it would have been a so, disaster. It, you know, he's like, no, you, it's it's so violent. What if the what if the character? What if right. the good guys and bad guys just shake hands with each other? Yes, or, exactly. That, or, no, literally, that's that was his that was his thing. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You know. So anyway, so we'll move on. But that was uh, interesting. Moving on. Yeah, the Sonic on the Super Nintendo. Oh, oh wait, I, just, I wanted to uh, say one last quick little thing. So, yes, there have also been homemade tech demos of, like you said, F-Zero on the Genesis. Yeah. And then the Genesis fanboys go nuts, like, see, see, it can do... Well, wait a minute now, time out. This is running at half of the resolution... Right. Et cetera, et cetera. So there are like, but but they but they never say that. Like again, I'm trying to be very neutral and factual and like, hey, that's impressive. It's half the. But it goes back. But- yeah, I know. But it goes back. Listen, it goes back to our point. The Sega Master System had better hardware, more slightly more advanced hardware than the NES. It absolutely it, did. The system yeah. the system was yeah. developed a, a year or so, two later. Some of the games look very, very nice. Some of the games, I'm like, is this the Genesis? Oh, wow, it's this, that's the Master System version. Yeah, particularly late, late in the go when the Genesis was out and then they would port it down to Master System. But all that proves is that with the right budget and the right programming and the right, you know, like software tweaks and all, you could make something fantastic on an inferior console you know like the hardware was never the thing that handcuffed uh developers the only time was the only thing that maybe you could argue would have been like n64 which had tremendous better hardware than let's say the saturn or the playstation but often potentially the, yeah. the game the game lacked the games lacked um some things because yeah they couldn't do fmv because they were using a cartridge and not a cd there was a lot less in terms of what you could store on the cartridge yeah things like that so that may be sometimes some in the the times where there are legitimate hardware limitation like where the hardware is a is a factor is like when you like those, I, I'm not an expert on this, but like the European computers, like the Amstrad, whatever, like, <laughs> or the Garbage. Spectrum that had like it could only do like three colors, and like this. Obviously, those were hardware limitations. But when you're talking about contemporary machines, like side by side, <laughs> the the company with the bigger budget usually is able is able to overcome limitations and make something very good. And the reason why games on the Atari 7800 are often garbage isn't because the 7800 is garb necessarily garbage, it's because again Atari was like here's a $1000, you have 10 days to make double dragon go. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and it was I mean, literally it was, uh, one person in 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 a closet. Like, uh, yeah. okay, here's what I did in ten days. Okay, perfect, we're done. No, but it has a gl- no, but the graphics. Of it, we don't care. You're done. Go away. Bye bye. Yeah, the, the irony, the irony of the 7800 is that it was designed. It was actually designed in 1984 by GCC General Computer, who were guys. Uh, they were primarily in, I think, Boston. And they designed the console, and they did, they wrote most of the the games, especially that early slate of games of arcade ports that are considered 
really, really, you know, really good, accurate arcade ports. Yeah. Um, and so they did really nice work. And part of the problem was that Trammell, when he inherit, when he bought the company the, uh, from the uh, Time Warner from Warner Brothers, basically thought that like they were included. And then he found out that a there was no contract with these people anymore, and b Warner Brothers hadn't paid them. So he, you know, he spent like a year in court trying to work out an agreement where he had to pay them just to be able to release the 7800 and the games um, after the test market, which was in the fall of 84. So that's one of the reasons the 7800 did not come out until the spring of 1986 was because it took that long for Trammell's Atari to work out all the contracts that was a disaster from Warner Brothers before he could even release it. And, of course, by then they were dead. All right, moving on. Moving on, yes. Um, 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 you go. Cheers. Your, your turn. Cheers. Yes. All right, so apparently this happened during the summer. The Cheers Tribute Bar in Boston closed? So Something like that. If, so <laughs> the Faneuil Hall... Well, yes. it says... It says the Cheers Bar at Boston's Faneuil Hall Marketplace is closing after two decades, but this is not the one that we went to. No, so there's... <laughs> the, the sitcom Cheers is loosely based on a real-life bar. It was called, like, the Bull yes. and Finch, I think it was called. Eh, whatever. And then, and then when Cheers got popular, they renamed it Cheers or something like that. So there's the original bar that the show was based on, and then after the show became popular, then a new, completely unrelated bar opened up called Cheers to for tourists to capitalize on the right, TV right. show. That's what they're talking right. about, is the tourist bar, not the original. So what do we care? I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you put it there, not me. I thought that was you. Nah, I don't think so. That was you. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, whatever. Moving on. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. This is you. I didn't. These are this you. Here. These are you. I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, God, I don't even remember this. So apparently, on, uh, Angry Video Game Nerd. Yes, Angry Video Game Nerd reviewed. I don't know if he reviewed multiple Mission Impossible games, but he mainly reviewed the 1997 uh, N64. Huh? 98, I think. It came out after GoldenEye. Yeah. It was in development before GoldenEye, but ended up coming out after GoldenEye. It was in development hell, they call it. it. It took forever. So it was the N64 game of Mission Impossible, which I had. I bought it when it came out. And, um... Real quick, so he he reviewed that, but real quick, my take on that game. Um, <laughs> oh my god, was that a frustrating game? You know, obviously he he's the angry video game nerd, so he goes through all that. But um, <laughs> that was a really frustrating game because it was it was again, it was like one. Of, it, it, you know, we talked about Dick Tracy in this episode, and it was like one of those those licensed movie games where you're just. The game is basically all of these ridiculous, stupid, like, tasks that you have to do to, like, move your way through the movie. It's really tedious and really annoying. The control 
is abominable. And unlike, see, Goldeneye is a first-person shooter. So when you walk around in Goldeneye, you're walking around, you know, looking through, you know, the eyes of the character. Right. And the Mission Impossible game is like third-person, but not quite. So <laughs> you're stuck, like, looking down on the person, you know, like uh, in, like, the Metal Gear Solid games or whatever. And, and it's very much like a Metal Gear Solid game because you have to hide all over the place and um, it's really, really annoying. <laughs> so, But I did finish the game at the time. It was a big pain in the butt, but I, I, I eventually finished it. Um, but, it, you know, it kind of followed the movie, but not really. They didn't use any of the licenses, likenesses of any of the people, including Tom Cruise, of course. It cost too much money. Yeah, and I guess somewhere in the episode, he uh, angry video game nerd used a Tom Cruise impersonator um, named Evan Ferranti, who is on social media as not Tom Cruise, and this is an oxymoron, but not Tom Cruise official. <laughs> the official not Tom Cruise. <laughs> and so this guy looks like uh, this guy really looks like you know like like. Tom Cruise from like twenty years ago. Well, with the with the sunglasses, yes. Yeah, I don't the sun, know the hair, the sunglasses, the ridiculous laugh. <laughs> help me, help you. Now, honestly, when the funny thing is, when you click on the Who Am I on his website, there's a picture of him and Tom Cruise, and they look nothing alike. But he's not dressed like he's not in character. This is just no. But I mean, actually, actually, I'm looking at this. They have a similar smile, a similar nose, similar chin, but otherwise, no. And what's bizarre is, you know, Tom Cruise is is famously short. Right. This guy. Right? I mean, he's like short. <laughs> this guy is like five foot two. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Ah, but... oh, still very small. But anyway, I don't even remember why I put that down. <laughs> oh, because uh, because at the end, the angry video game nerd, he's like, took off the... Like, look, it wasn't me. It was... And he peeled his face off. And it was oh, happening. like Mission Impossible, right. Yeah. He peels off the, the face, the, the mask. Yeah. And it's so. the Tom Cruise impersonator. And then... Which uh, could have been you. You should have offered your, uh, your uh, services. He didn't ask. Angry video game nerd. Uh... By the way, I still have not yet seen the Angry Video Game Nerd movie. Nor, nah. nor do I have any interest. Nah. <laughs> I've seen it a few times. It's uh, You can skip it. <laughs> yeah. And then you have... Uh, and, and like I said at the time when I reviewed it, the first, like... And this happens a lot of times in movies. The first half an hour is stupend... It's like really, really good. Like, really good for an independent movie like that with no budget. And I forget how long this thing was. Way too long. And, like, the next hour and 15, hour 20, whatever it was in the movie, was abominable. <laughs> and and that was pretty much it. I mean, it's just... I don't know what happened. You know, I think he spent too much time working on, like, dumb special effects and stuff. And yeah. I think he just had to rush through the rest of the movie as, like, crap. <laughs> Well, speaking you know, of, and then go ahead. Uh, there was the whole thing where Howard Scott Warshaw was supposed to be the villain, and then 
he didn't want to do that. No, Howard Scott Warshaw wanted to be the villain. Like, he wanted to do that. And, like, James uh, 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 Rolf, the nerd, like, didn't want to... He, didn't, he couldn't bring himself to do that. And I'm like... What? Dude, you're... Supposed to, this is your movie maker. Like, what are you doing? He should have done... Yeah, so, he totally should have done that. I don't know what happened there. So we're going to have to... I think he make... also... Huh? What? Hmm? He also what? No, I was just going to say, I think he also had some issues with the timing in the sense that the act, the actual actors he had, um, you know, he only had so much time with them, and he wasn't going to do, like, reshoots. So I think that was part of the problem was he... You know, he, he had to rush through what they were doing and then just kind of cobble together the rest of the movie and it just it didn't work too well. So, well, oh well. So we will have to make the Paunch Stevenson show movie. Uh, oh, no. And Howard Scott Warshaw can be the villain in our movie. <laughs> um, All right. Well, speaking of movies, though, you said this high uh. score... Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that- I skipped one, sorry. Did you watch this? Uh, not yet. Uh, <laughs> so explain it to me. No, I mean, it, it's on Netflix. It's called High Score. It's a video game docu-series. I think it's like six episodes. They're not long. They're less than, they're like an hour each. And, you know, it just goes through, you know, different aspects of the video game phenomenon. Um, so there's an episode that's on like the Atari stuff. There's an episode on like Nintendo versus Sega. There's an episode on like the the eight bit computing, you know, especially the UK, you know, that whole thing. Um, you know, there and then, then there's I think there might be one on I think there's one maybe on the PlayStation. It's, no, there's one on like RPGs and things. I mean, so basically it's like. It's stuff that I've seen already with many different documentaries. The reason I liked it was they talked to a lot of the common people, you know, that you normally see. The Tom Kalinskis and the you know, people that work for Nintendo and, and you know, Al Alcorn or, or Nolan Nolan Bushnell or but what's really cool about this is they they actually interview Japanese video game designers, programmers musicians, um, directors. These are people that you never hear from, ever. And I really had to... Con- that was the biggest thing for me. I really have to, you know, applaud them. I mean, they talk... Listen, I know that the guy, you know, has been seen before, but they, they talk to the guy that... The professor, or whatever his name is, that created Pac-Man. You know, they don't talk to him for a long time, but they have him. They have the guy that created Space Invaders, you know, and he talks about you know the, how he came up with the idea. They show, they show their original artwork, their like line drawings and stuff like that, uh, the block drawings that they made for the original sprites. Think about this, like they pull open their binder, and here are the original sprites, you know, the the, the original the original sprites for Space Invaders, you know, that this guy still has after forty something years. Yeah. You know, that was really impressive part of the series. The part that I really didn't like, and I think a lot of people on the forums really weren't fans of, was they did that, they did the creators, and then they did, like, the fan side, which was video game competitions. Okay. So they had this this guy who was now a she. Um, 
who competed in, you know, one of the early arcade championships. Or no, it was an Atari. I think it was an Atari like 2600 championship. You know, and they talked to one of the Nintendo World Championship people. This they talked to this guy that won some Sega World Championship in the '90s. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I thought that they were entertaining. There's no question about that. But th- I, I think maybe they they did it for because there was they had a lot of um, ar- archival footage to use for it. But I wasn't fond of that. And uh, oh, the other thing they did was really cool was. You know, he's passed away, but Jerry Lawson, who was uh, an African-American video game, you know, inventor, and he invented, uh, designed the Fairchild Channel F, Mm, uh, which was technically the first, you know, known as basically the first cartridge-based video game home console, you know, for the most part. And uh, he passed away a while ago, so they talked to his kids and they did some like art. They had a lot of uh, animated pieces that they would put in there for history's sake. I thought it, I just thought it was really well done uh, overall. I, I really enjoyed it, and um, and that's that. It's not super popular with the the old crowd, if you will. They they seemed like I said they really didn't like the the game competitors and and that kind of stuff, which I think was stupid, but. You know, beyond that, I thought that they really covered a lot of the, you know, the video game, uh, um, you know, journey, if you will, over the last 40 some odd years. So I would definitely check it out. I will. Thank you. Till next time. Goodbye. Stay, (laughs) Stay safe. That's right, damn it. And don't forget, I still want my million dollars, damn it. Somebody get me my million dollars. Mission, my condition was in.